0: Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala.
1: Welcome to the program and thank you so much for joining us today. We have a wonderful program in line today. Our two guests are Dr. Yannick Clayton and Dr. Georges Godriault. And the two guests will be talking about a new parenteral treatment for a severe C. difficile infection. Right now, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Please check out their latest spore defense for Clorox Total 360, helping you to fight C. diff in places you couldn't reach before. To learn more, visit CloroxHealthcare.com. Right now, let's introduce our guests today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Yannick Platon and Dr. Georges Godrialt. Thank
2: Hello. you. Good morning.
1: Good, good morning. Good afternoon. And good evening to you. You're all the way in France. So we thank you so much for joining us. Uh- Okay, Good evening. absolutely. And um, let's take a moment uh, to introduce um, yourself. If Dr. Uh, Platton, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners.
3: Yes, of course, with pleasure. So I am a physician by education and a board-certified hospital specialist. And I spent several decades in research and development in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, leading to um, several well-known medications today on the market. So, uh, for the past three years, I've been the chief medical officer for Dainov and a member of its board of directors.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Playton. It's so nice to have you here. And I'm going to ask the same question to you, Dr. Godreault, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners.
2: Sure, Nancy. Um, So um, I'm George Godreault. I'm a pharmacologist by training. um, I work in various fields. I joined my first biotech almost 20 years ago. Um, and uh, I joined Dainov, my third biotech company as a CSO, three years ago. Uh, at Dainov, I'm in charge of the drug discovery and the drug development activity, and uh, I'm glad to, to be with you today and delighted to present you this program.
1: Ah, well, thank you so much. Doctors, we're both of you, we're so glad you're here today with us, and this is really important information that you deliver to our global listeners, and uh, at this time, Dr. Godriault, if you wouldn't mind, could you introduce Dinov to our listeners and to all of us?
2: Sure. Uh, so, Dinov um, is kind of unusual about a company that has this sort of uh, hybrid model, but um, Major, um, uh, the, the major the uh, major link between those those activities are that it is discovering and developing a natural products for different types of industry like cosmetic and pharmaceutical industries. So originally uh, Dino was focusing on uh, some unusual bacteria like radio resistant bacteria, and the, the name Dino is actually coming from Dinococcus. Uh, one of the most resistant bacteria on Earth, and uh, uh, now the now is exploring on all the unknown. And you know that there is a very large amount of bacteria that are completely unknown in uh, in the nature, and uh, we are focusing on that uh, an explore territory.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, doctor. And um, Dr. Godrio. would you take a moment to um, explain what kind of pharma activities are being developed at Dinov?
2: Yes. So um, as you may know, um, most of the antibiotics that uh, we are using today in medicine are actually natural products uh, coming from bacteria. So, uh, as an example for for this audience who is interested by uh, a ca- C ca- CCM deficiency infection, uh, there are two drugs, uh, vancomycin, uh, and teicoplanicin. As you may know, vancomycin was isolated by Dr. Confield, uh, an organic chemist, in in a long time ago from actually a bacteria called Streptomyces orientalis. And that uh, bacteria was producing this Xencomycin as a weapon. And I can cite another example. So Xencomycin, which is known under the brand name Deficid, uh, for the C. Um, difficile infection, uh, is also coming from another bacteria called uh, Dactylospongium uh, orientiacum, sorry for the, <laughs> the, the strange name. But this is very important to understand that a lot of of our drugs that we are using are actually uh, simply weapons that bacteria are using to fight between each other. And since there is a large amount of bacteria that has not been explored so far, we believe that there is a large amount of natural products that could be used from this unexplored bacterial diversity. And that's what the NLV is trying to do. It's trying to uh, develop new approaches to identify new natural products in this unexplored bacterial diversity. That's fascinating.
1: That's
2: wonderful. So most of our projects are actually in discovery phase and they are addressing... The objective is to address the major challenge of antibio-resistance. But in the same time... Uh, we are also developing
1: uh, a couple of them in clinical phase, like the one we're going to discuss today. Thank you so much, Dr. Godreant. That is wonderful. Just fascinating information. And what Denova is doing, it's just great. Thank you so much for that. And Dr. Platen, um, would you be able to explain why DeNove acquired the German biotech company Morphochem? Okay. Did we lose Dr. Pleiton?
2: <laughs> we lost uh, Yannick.
1: And we lost Yannick. Okay. Well, Dr. Godriault, would you be able to answer that question in in his absence? Sure. So, um, what happened is that right. um, when uh, when being of the start
2: working in the antibiotics field, and that's uh, four years ago, roughly, one of the objective of the board was, uh, of course, to. Uh, start some long-term activities, uh, but in the same time to try to uh, acquire some programs that uh, would eventually uh, feed the clinical phases. And, uh, but uh, Morpocam was a company that was really interesting because they developed some very unusual um, and very original uh, compounds for C. difficile infection. And after a couple of discussions, we decided to acquire that company and the main programs, uh, d and 37. So that compound is an hybrid of two known compound, known activities of and oxazolidon. And what Morpocan uh, did at that time was to uh, design the proper spacer between those two entities and make new antibiotics from those two parts.
1: Amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Gaudriant, for explaining that. Um, did we, was um, Dr. Platon available? Did he, was he able to call back in? I guess not. Okay. Well, we'll just, uh, I'm going to ask you the next question, Dr. Godreont. Um, Would you mind okay. explaining um, what Dan DeNoeve's strategy is in the C. difficile community?
2: So, um, yeah, so what's important to understand is that uh, Dinov is a small company and uh, we do not intend to uh, uh, to change completely the, the, the field. And uh, we believe that there is already some very nice and very good solution uh, on the market today. But what we really like with the products that was initially developed by Morfocal was that uh, that product has a very unusual profile. It was not overlapping with the current drugs available on the market. It has some specificity, and we will get to the detail later on. It has some specificity that would address some uh, unmet medical needs. and um, it, because it was sort of addressing a niche market, we thought that it was fitting with the size of Dinov, which is a medium size a biotech, and it was something that was, would be accessible to us uh, all along the development.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Godreant. Um Doctor, what are the future developments of DeNov in the antimicrobial field?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, uh, it's, it's a very good question. And, and I should say that um, developing new antibiotics uh, for bacterial infection is an endless task. Um, because we have to face it. Bacteria will always find a way to escape our antibiotics. Always. Every time we claim that it will never happen, it didn't. <laughs> and it's actually we they, they find a way to 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 get over it. So uh, what we have to do now, is instead of saying I will find a magic bullet, uh, we should try to find a way to say instead of having one single uh, magic bullet, I should uh, build an army. Uh, I should have uh, dozens of them, dozens of different of them. And uh, by doing so, if one falls, the other will remain. And this is exactly what we intend to do at the of, is we want to build a discovery engine that will generate new antibiotics every year and with the objective to bring all these antibiotics, new antibiotics, to the market. So it's not a one shot. It's, it's being a continuous effort until you find a way to overcome uh, bacterial
1: infection. Okay. Love that theory. Wonderful strategy. That's wonderful, doctor. And at this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. Uh, when we return, we will continue discussing a new parenteral treatment for a severe C. difficile infection with our two guests, Dr. Yannick Pleaton and Dr. Georges Godriot. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages.
0: Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com or contact the Cdip Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Handwashing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of thirty seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala.
1: Welcome back to the program and thank you for joining us today. Today we are discussing a new parenteral treatment for a severe C. difficile infection with our two guests, Dr. Yannick Pleaton and Dr. Georges Godriault, and we welcome them both back to the program. Yes, you, you are with me, right? Are you there? Yes. yes <laughs> okay. I <am. laughs> okay. I just want to make sure we don't lose anyone today. <laughs> okay, well, Dr. Uh, Pleaton, if you wouldn't mind, uh, would you take a moment and just explain what exactly is a C. difficile infection?
3: Yes, of course. Um, I guess that most of our listeners are really clear to what it is. Uh, But I can just uh, say in a few words that um, C. difficile infection is a serious gastrointestinal infection with fever, diarrhea, and other gastrointestinal burdensome symptoms that is caused by a gram-positive anaerobic bacterium uh, called uh, Clostridium difficile that is normally present in the human intestine, and that becomes pathogenic once Uh, when one is exposed to um, an antibiotic treatment, for instance, which disrupts the normal flora, or during a long-term hospitalization, and their patients are exposed, for instance, to CD spores, or because of individual risk factors such as a defective um, immunity, uh, old age, uh, concomitant diseases, and in most of cases, it's a combination of these factors. So it's therefore more frequent in hospitals, but it also develops um, in outpatient settings.
1: Exactly. Thank you so much, doctor, for explaining that. And doctor, can you explain what are the different levels of severity of a C. difficile infection?
3: Yes, sometimes the infections can remain symptomatic, and it's just difficult to clear cut, uh, let's say, normal colonization from a, a real starting infection But usually uh, CDI starts with um, relatively light, sometimes recurrent digestive episodes that tend to resolve quickly. But once the recurrence occurs faster, when the recovery is incomplete, uh, that the episodes become more severe then they require more aggressive treatments and care. So um, that's uh, the le- different levels of severity. And of course, it depends also um, of the personal uh, individual risk factors, as I mentioned. Some city strains are certainly more virulent by nature or toxigenic, so means that they, they uh, release more uh, toxins in quantity, but also sometimes qualitatively than others. And that also explains... Uh, the, the seriousness of a disease. And that's probably why uh, we need to cut that vicious circle of recurrences. And it is essential and it requires probably both active treatments and also a certain number of preventative measures uh, to avoid reinfection.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that explanation, Doctor. We really appreciate that. Um, and Dr. Georges um, would you be able to discuss and introduce uh, our listeners to the recommended treatments by the current guidelines from IDSA and as uh,
2: Sure. So uh, as you may know, um, there's... Uh, 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 always uh, a guideline that helps the clinician to to treat the patient the best way possible. And the the recent uh, guidelines uh, published by IDSA, um, which was published in 2018, is actually uh, recommending uh, two types of drugs. Um, There's actually two, as I said before, so vancomycin and Fidaxomycin. And those two drugs have been shown to be potent and efficient uh, for the treatment of syphilitic infection. Uh, there was a drug uh, before that called metronidazole uh, that could be given either by oral roots or eventually parenteral route. Uh, but that drug is not recommended anymore, and mostly because IDSA decided that that drug was not. Uh, as efficient as vancomycin and fidexamicin. So we basically have today uh, two types of solutions to treat those patients. And uh, those, again, are very good drugs, very efficient, but they are both, in both cases, uh, all drugs.
1: Okay, and doctor, what is the route of administration of these treatments that are available?
2: Yeah, so as I just said, um, uh, those those drugs are given as pills um, that are swallowed by the patient with the liquid, so either juice or water, and um, they they are very, as I said, very efficient. They're, they the the. Easy to administer, but uh, we have uh, we have to understand that uh, that drugs needs to go from the mouth to uh, inside the GI tract. So there is a long way to go, and uh, especially if the patient is not uh, in good health, that the uh, peristatic movement of the GI tract are not working very well. So it is, it is a long way to go from the way the drugs enter and the way it actually treats the infection. To the best of our knowledge, uh, there is no development of parenteral products. So what does that mean, parenteral? That means that the drug is actually given inside the body rather than by mouth. So it means that the drugs will be injected either sub-Q or intravenously, and that means that the drugs will invade the body rather than getting by the mouth. It is important to understand the difference because uh, the whole route is actually a voluntary movement with, as I said, water or juice, while the injection is actually something controlled by the clinician. And depending on the state of the patient, obviously, uh, the drug will not go uh, to the target the same way, uh, depending on the way it will be administered.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for that full description and explanation, Doctor. We appreciate that. Um, Dr. Platon, can you explain what are the strengths and the weaknesses of the oral route for the treatment of C. difficile infection?
3: Yes, of course, I'll try not to be too much repetitive uh, with my colleague. Of course, the strength quite obviously is that it is an easy uh, treatment uh, with tablets or um, capsules. It's of course very much compatible with being at home. And we said that there are now more and more of these infections in the community. Seems also logical because a drug remains in the inside the inside the digestive tract first So there is some logic, which is uh, very important, even to physicians uh, uh, going by oral route. But of course, there are a couple of weaknesses. Um, it's not possible at all administering such treatment to very severe patients, for instance, in uh, uh, intensive care units, for instance, patients with mechanical ventilation or uh, this kind of device already with tubes, uh, Um, It's impossible. It's also impossible if there is important vomiting. Um, uh, But most times it's not, but it is impossible. It's certainly because, as uh, George has mentioned, it's uh, uh, a more uncertain treatment. Uh, For instance, if there is too much diarrhea, uh, does the drug stay long enough to eradicate the bacterium at the site of infection? So in this case... In these cases, it's absolutely necessary to have recourse to a drug, but it's certain to be fully administered in totality of the dose, and that this dose reaches its targets.
1: Okay, wonderful. And Dr. Platon, we're about four minutes before we pause for a commercial break. Would you mind taking this time to explain the unmet medical needs for treatment for a C difficile infection?
3: Yes, of course. Uh, there precisely, as exposed already, no such drug currently uh, uh, recommended in the treatment guidelines. Uh, there is, therefore, a need to develop some of these molecules for that particular uh, route, uh, parenteral route uh, we alluded to, and this is uh, not uh, really done
2: um,
3: and now... Now, the treatment is developed in terms of medical need. It should remain relatively simple for handling. Um, it must also um, be possible for a, um, uh outpatient setting, so at home, and it should not be too lengthy an infusion uh, for patients to accept it and also for caregivers to, to, to give it.
1: Okay, and Dr. Pleaton, would you say that there is any difference um, going back to like vancomycin? Is there any difference of treatment between the oral solution and a capsule?
3: Uh, oral solution or capsules are oral treatments anyway, so they have the same limitations as any oral treatment. So. Uh, that's why you need to have a parental uh, treatment for, let's say, uh, resolving certain number of um, issues, and possibly uh, is a safe way also to look at the vicious circle of recurrence.
1: Okay, and Dr. Uh, Gordiolt, would you like to add anything to that?
2: Um, yes, I, I think what uh, we need to understand is that. Uh, the objective of uh, that uh, drug is not to become a vancomycin or fidaxomicin number two. It's really to uh, develop a product that address a very special patient patients that have difficulty to swallow, difficulty to to uh, um, displace the drugs inside the GI tract and it is to address a special population of patients that uh, cannot be treated correctly with the current uh, treatment. And uh, that's, again, the objective of that project.
1: Okay, wonderful. Well, at this time, uh, we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will be continue discussing the new parenteral treatment for a severe *C. difficile* infection with our guests, Dr. Yannick Pleaton and Dr. Georges Godriault. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Your life, your health, your
1: network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: To help support the C. diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Opinions, options, answers.
1: You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to
1: the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. We are here to discuss the new parenteral treatment for a severe C. difficile infection with our guests, Dr. Yannick Pleaton and Dr. Georges Godriault, uh, both who are uh, from DeNov. And right now, I'd like to welcome, welcome them both back to the program. Welcome, doctors.
3: Thank you.
1: No, well, thank you for being with us today. Okay, and Dr. Um, Pleaton, I'm going to call on you and ask you if you wouldn't mind explaining the why the intravenous injection of the DN3837, which is a clinical trial, uh, from parental treatment for C. difficile infection, uh, how it can be addressed to, uh, for the unmet medical needs of our patients.
3: Yes. Um I, I I'll let my colleague discuss in the details of the N 38 37 and it's on how it works more precisely. Uh, I will probably concentrate on them on the form itself the formulation itself. So again, we believe you understood that the intravenous um, uh, formulation is probably much more adapted to a certain number of co- of conditions that uh, the patient. As uh, whether they are at home or in hospital, but in- importantly, if they are to have um, a- an intravenous route, it also uh, must be handsome. It must be compatible with their uh, staying, uh, for instance, uh, uh, in hospital, but also staying at home. And if they are at home. Uh, it has to be relatively short as an inclusion. And now, uh, given that we uh, worked out uh, a bit of the conditions for administration, now we decided to infuse patients for only six hours. Seems a long time, but it's not really uh, because uh, it's really compatible with doing other activities in the day, and it can be done also uh, at various periods of 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 a of day. Uh, let's say, compatible with an activity besides. So uh, another important thing is that it doesn't cause any allergic reaction, uh, neither locally nor a general reaction, and there is no need for a physician to attend um, uh, that, uh, that infusion. So it can be installed, and then uh, um, six hours later, uh these installed, and that's and that's okay uh another thing is that there is no as we said dependence on the sev- upon the severity of um, vomiting of diarrhea so it's clear that there is no risk that any part of the dose is not re- really administered and doesn't reach its target so uh what we know from uh, what we call pharmacokinetics of so the study of how the drug behaves in the, in the blood uh, is that the dose of the active component of a drug is present and is present almost in totality just after a few minutes, the gastrointestinal tracts. And with this, um, uh, it is, uh, uh, of course, immediately available to treat the infection. So we also so far uh, uh, don't know about resistance, but... Um, because of the composition of the drug, and George could elaborate a bit on this, um, we know that there is a much lower likelihood that patients become, at least that the bacterium, become resistant to the, to the drug in the, in the gastrointestinal tract. And, you know, this, this factor is very, very important for the future of patients, and also for, uh, let's say, that vicious circle uh, I, I talked about and which underlies uh, the severity of, of the disease um, uh, going forward.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Platon. We appreciate that. And Dr. Uh, Godriault, uh, would you mind introducing the drug product DNV3837 to our global listeners? Sure. So I'm... Um
2: Actually, um, we, we have to understand that the 3837 is what we call the poor drug. And um, so let me step back a little bit. So during a drug uh, discovery process, what, the, what we do, uh, at uh, what was, do, was done at Morphocam and what is done at Dinov is that we are optimizing compounds on a given uh, target and that in that case is uh, Clostridium difficile. And we develop a compound and we look for activity, we improve that activity, we improve and improve the activity until we get something very potent. And uh, that's what uh, we got uh, after a couple of years of optimization and we got a compound that was very, very active on c cell and what I say very important uh, is actually as potent as phylaxomycin and more potent than glycomycin. Uh, but when you end that process, uh, most of the time you have a compound that is difficult to administer uh, to the patient because that it has some physical chemical property which is ideal for the target, but not ideal to be administered. In our case, the objective was to administer that drug by intravenous injection. So what is important when we administer drug by that route is obviously you don't want the drug to block the circulation and to precipitate inside your blood. What you want is the drug to be fully soluble. So the active compound, which is actually named under another number, 3681, was turned to uh, a variant of uh, this initial molecule, uh, which is a phosphorylated version of the active molecule 3681. And this phosphorylated version is the drug product 3837. So we are dealing in the patient with a phosphorylated version of the active antibiotics 3681. And this is this phosphorylated version that will be administered uh, as a solution, an aqua solution of a lyphalized powder. So uh, you prepare an, an aqua solution and then you administer this aqua solution inside the saline solution that it is administered by uh, infusion.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for that explanation, doctor. And doctor, how does a water-soluble pro-drug like DNB 3837 work?
2: Yeah, so uh, of course, uh, when you have administered the drug product 38, 37, uh, you now have a, a compound that is very soluble, but you don't have the active compound, and uh, you have to go uh, to the other way. So convert back the pro-drug. And that's why it's called pro-drug. It's a pro-drug. Uh, so you have to produce now the real drug by removing this phosphate group from the active moiety. And that's what's happening in the circulation. So when the 3837 meets some enzyme inside the circulation, uh, mostly phosphatase, uh, this phosphate group will be uh, removed from the active drug, and the active drug will be released. And after it will be released, then the molecules can do the jobs and start attacking the um, the, um, the bug
1: okay, that's wonderful. It's always good to learn all of this information and uh, mm-hmm. dr god um, Dr God-Rialt, uh what are the pharmacological activities that are taking place in the dnv thirty six eighty one
2: so there's one so the active moiety that is now generated by hydrolysis of the drug product it is in your blood. So it's circulating. Uh, now, how will it work? So first of all, as I said initially, uh, that molecule is very interesting for different reasons. First of all, it's very potent on silificio. Uh, it has an activity that is very, very high. On the top of that, uh, it has, uh, as Yannick introduced, uh, the two different uh, moieties with two different antibiotics activities. And those two uh, antibiotics activities are bound together by a spacer. That means that when that drugs get inside a bacteria, it will attack the bacteria two different ways. And uh, that means, of course, that if the bacteria want to escape from that drug, it has basically to develop two resistance mechanisms in the same time. So obviously, the probability to have two resistance phenomenon in the same time in the same bacteria is very, very low. And today, our research has shown that we have not been able, simply not been able, to isolate a resistant strain from that molecule. That does not mean it will not exist in nature, because by experience, uh, what is uh, true in the lab is not true in a clinical, uh, in a clinical status. But uh, it means simply that the probability to escape from that treatment is uh, fairly low. Uh, Secondly, as mentioned by Yannick, uh, that molecule has a very narrow spectrum. It it works very well on C. difficile, and it it does not impact that much the intestinal microbiota diversity. And, And that's good because that's what you want. I mean, you want to treat the infection. You don't want to add another major dysbiosis of your intestinal microbiota. So uh, we believe, and that has been shown in the previous uh, clinical phase, that this molecule has a limited and reversible effect on on the microbiome. Finally, when the drug has been produced inside the the plasma, uh, obviously uh, it needs to go to the GI tract and where the infection occurs. And uh, that's where this molecule is also unusual. So it is a compound that is transported very efficiently by several classes of, of uh, transporters, so proteins that are designed to to uh, catch the molecule, small molecule circulating in the plasma, and export them to the GI tract. And uh, that molecule is exported very efficiently from the plasma to the GI lumen. And the consequence of that is that after conversion from the prodrug drive to the active compound, the active compound thirty six eighty one is exported very efficiently from the plasma then to the GI tract where it accumulates. And you end up with a very high concentration of drug inside the GI lumen where it's actually needed. And you are way, way above the normal MIC for, the, for this pathogen. So okay. overall, you have now a compound that not only is converted efficiently in the plasma, but is also very efficiently transported to where the infection occurs.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Gaudrialt. We really appreciate that intense and extreme, <laughs> um, wonderful explanation. Uh, with that is a, a wealth of knowledge right there. And we are two minutes from our commercial break. And Dr. Platon, would you be able to um, explain how does the DNV 3681 address the C. diff infection? And is it safer?
3: Yes, of course. As exposed already, it's um, uh Very particular active intestinal excretion of the active moiety with an important concentration at the start of infection, as George has said, and that is very important. And the other thing which is very important that he said is that it has a narrow spectrum, so it acts on CDI almost exclusively and very potently. But the consequence is that it does not act mostly on the normal microbiota, and this is essential, you know, how much we value the microbiome today, uh, because it's uh, not only the intestinal equilibrium, but it's also the uh, is a very important factor for the global equilibrium and balance of the of the, of the total body. Uh, not only it um, refrains from having uh, recurrences, but also. It certainly is important uh, in the occurrence or absence of occurrence of other diseases. So it's very important to be respectful of that uh, microbiome. And, you know, there is a lot of discussing, discussing, discussions around this at the moment. So the other things, of course, uh, is, uh, are that the presence of in the intestine lasts for long enough after the infusion is discontinued to be uh, active, Efficiently, and it is safe, as we said. Um, There is at the dose which is um, recommended, and there is no known allergy. And uh, and as said again, uh, there is a lower risk of um, further resistance, and you know that resistance is a key factor in this disease because it increases. Uh, they they use uh, the recourse to antibiotics, and the more you use antibiotics, the more you create the resistance, and also the more you create CBI infection. So it's really um, it it fulfills uh, these many uh, these many conditions, uh, which we, which I consider personally as uh, being uh, important for the disease and also mm-hmm. a safer approach uh, to the treatment of CBI.
1: Wonderful. Dr. Platon, thank you so much for your explanation and for introducing that information for our global listeners. At this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the parenteral treatment for a severe C. diff infection with our guests, Dr. Platon and Dr. Gaudriot. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. <music>
0: Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your life, your health,
1: your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at Foundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome
1: back to the program, and thanks so much for joining us today. We're here with our guests, Dr. Yannick Pleaton and Dr. Georges Godriault, discussing the new parenteral treatment for a severe C. difficile infection, and we welcome you both back to the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. And, and Dr. Um, Godriault, would you mind summarizing the characteristics of your product, the DNV
2: thirty-eight thirty-seven? Yeah. So I mean, I, I won't be long, but I um, mean, as a short summary, the this product we believe is a very potent compound against C Its major advantage is that uh, it is very differentiated from the current product. It can be given to patients with difficulty to swallow or patients that can, cannot swallow at all. And as I described before, this uh, compound it can be, is administered by uh, intravenous roots, uh, so it doesn't need any neural route. Uh, it is converted to a very good potent compound that is actually actively transported from the plasma uh, through the intestinal uh, barrier and uh, reach the, the GI uh, lumen where it accumulates and increase in concentration in order to treat the infection. On the top of that, it has a very limited impact on the microbiota and believe will not participate to the already occurring disperses.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Godriot. We appreciate your comments and your information you've given all of us today. And, Dr. Platon, would you mind telling us why you think the DNV 3837 can save more patients' lives?
3: Yes, I see three. Reasons. First, it, it can address uh, the most severe cases, the patients who are uh, in um, intensive care units. It also uh, should reduce the recurrence. And, third, uh, could also uh, decrease the antibiotic resistance. So there are three uh, key reasons. But I must say, of course, this is a promise. At uh, the moment, the drug is in a phase two uh, development, clinical trial development. As you know, clinical trials are necessary uh, for having the drug registered and marketed. Uh, so this is a key, uh, a key moment. And, of course, it's very important uh, that um, uh, we... Uh, are able to complete this program. As you know, uh, nowadays, because of the um, uh, uh, lockdown, there are many things that do not happen, uh, uh, in particular the recruitment in clinical trials. So, in a way, I would like to kind of advertise for this clinical trial, which is ongoing, and say to some of the listeners, if they are interested, that they can, for some, if they want, join uh, the clinical, uh, phase two trial.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Yannick Platon. And thank you so much, Dr. Georges Gaudriant, uh, for both of you for joining us today. We are so appreciative of your time. And um, if you have any information, um, please address your comments and your inquiries to www.dinov, which is Dinov is com and we look forward to our the patients who are listening to contacting you both thank you so much for joining us today thank you, thank you. Oh, you're you're more than welcome and at this time, the members of the CDF Foundation would like to thank our sponsor, Clark's Healthcare, for um, keeping the environment safer. Please visit their website at www.clarkshealthcare.com. And we wish to acknowledge the organizations around the globe who are dedicated to improving health through research and developing new products to address C difficile infection prevention, treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about clinical trials focused on difficile infections and recurrence diff, please visit the C. diff foundation's website cdifffoundation.org clinical trials in progress please help them to help you to help others we send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated for and recovering from a C. difficile infection and the many wellness training illnesses being combated across the globe I'm your host Nancy Carella with a reminder none of us can do this alone all of us can do this together we wish you good health continued healing and a good day <music>